Welcome to this episode of NLN Podcast Nursing Edge Unscripted, The Scholarship Track. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Palazzo, a member of the Editorial Board for Nursing Education Perspectives. Nursing Edge Unscripted and our track entitled Scholarship celebrates the published work of select nurse educators from the NLN's official journal, Nursing Education Perspectives, and the NLN Nursing Edge blog. The conversations embrace the author's unique perspectives on teaching and learning, innovations and implications for nursing program development and enhancement. This episode is about the use of therapy dogs to reduce nursing students' test anxiety. We will discuss the author's article, The Impact of Therapy Dogs on Pre-Licensure Baccalaureate Nursing Student Test Anxiety. This discussion will focus on the unique findings of the author who published a manuscript in this current March-April 2023 issue, Volume 44, Issue 2, in Nursing Education Perspectives. Our speaker today is Dr. Kristen M. Walker, who is an assistant professor and family nurse practitioner. She's in the Department of Nursing at the University of Scranton. And I want to welcome you, Dr. Walker. Thank you. Thank you for having me today. Oh, you're very welcome. It's a very yeah. interesting article, and I'm excited for the audience to to hear about it a little bit here. I just ask you first to just briefly describe your purpose of the study and talk about, I found interesting the difference between state anxiety and trait anxiety, and maybe just kind of in your description of the study, yeah, define those terms for us. Sure. I'll tell you a little bit about the purpose of the study, and then I can lead into that. Um, So my study is quite unique. Uh, The purpose of my study is really what the title says. And it was the purpose of the study was to examine the impact of a structured therapy dog interaction on test anxiety of baccalaureate nursing students. Um, The intervention was conducted about one hour prior to a scheduled exam. To measure test anxiety, um, I used three different measurements, which included heart rate and salivary cortisol levels, which was done by the students basically self-swabbed the inside of their mouth, and then those samples were sent to a lab. So both of those things served as physiological measures of anxiety, and then there was also a a brief 20-item uh, survey called the state trait anxiety inventory to measure psychological anxiety. Each, uh, I had 91 participants, all of whom were junior level students enrolled in their first adult health nursing course. Sometimes we call that their first med surge course. And the study was conducted at three different sites within the Northeast Pennsylvania region. Um, So that kind of tells you a little bit about the purpose and the measurements and a little bit about the sample size. Um, You asked me earlier a little bit about state and trait anxiety. So let me begin by just briefly defining test, test anxiety. Um, which dates back in the literature probably about, uh, gosh, now at least 50 to 60 years, give or take. So test anxiety is, is simply defined as an unpleasant emotional state experienced in a testing situation. And it's characterized by two things, worry and emotionality. And test anxiety is also associated with two types of anxiety, state and trait. So people ask, what does that mean? State anxiety is really a temporary state of anxiety, and it results in worrisome thoughts and apprehension right before and during the time of taking a test. 
And then as that state anxiety increases, physiological symptoms start, like the heart starts to race, sweating, uh, uh, feeling of warmth, nausea, upset stomach, uh, and restlessness. Um, you know, for a lot of students, these symptoms are really debilitating and they're very aware of them. So that distracts from their test taking ability. They start to lack concentration, lack focus and forget basically what they've studied. Now, trait anxiety relates as well, but it's a long term anxiety. So it's repetition of what I just explained in future testing experiences. So one is immediate in the immediate moment. The other is long-term. And I hope that kind of makes sense, but nonetheless, both negatively can influence, uh, you know, the outcome of a test. So the intervention, is it more um, specific to state anxiety, that short-term anxiety? Yes. Before test? yes. That's really okay. Yes. And for that reason, I use the state trait anxiety inventory as opposed to something called the test anxiety inventory, same author from the 1980s, but the, the, the state trait inventory helped me to measure anxiety in that immediate moment okay. and not long-term because that's what I was looking for. When you come in to take your test about an hour before the students arrived, what is your anxiety right now? And then we measured that anxiety after they interacted with the dogs to see if it decreased in that 30-minute interaction period. So do these students, um, these participants self-select into the study? Because well, you know, I, yes, I recruited, I verbally recruited. I went to three different sites um, and I went into junior classrooms and I verbally rec recruited along with a written informed consent. Uh, and then they were able to participate if they were interested. The reason I ask is because I'm thinking some people are very fearful of dogs. Well, actually increase their state anxiety yeah. by so, coming into a room with, with dogs. And that's a good question. I very clearly explained that verbally and in writing that exclusion criteria included uh, three things, one of which was a fear of dogs. This is not an intervention for someone that doesn't find calm, right. calming comfort from dogs. Number two was an allergy to dogs. And then number three was anybody with an adrenal disorder, which is unlikely because we used cortisol as a measure. Right. Right. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that kind of begins my next question, which was describing the intervention therapy mm -hmm. with the dogs. So I more about how the dogs actually interacted with the participants. Was it a like a, just a yeah. kind of informal interaction yeah. or is there something more planned? Like, yeah. How, how uh, let me just go back and I'll tell you. So the students arrived um, at a, a site which was near or in sometimes in the same building as where they were going to take their test. They came about an hour early and they did their measurements, took about five minutes, heart rate, cortisol, and they filled out their survey. Then they went to another area, sometimes multiple rooms, right down the hall, basically. And there were a minimum of seven dogs up to 12 each dog with a handler. And, you know, I, I don't know how to explain it, but it was a wonderful experience. So if you're a dog lover, you can appreciate this. Mm -hmm. um, if it was one big room, they were just spread out sitting on the floor and students just went in um, and they could do whatever they wanted. And they were, they would basically, you know, I took pictures during it, which I wasn't supposed to do, but I did just for my own personal uh, well-being. The students would just sit on the floor, pet the dog. The handlers had treats for them. They had little balls. Like It was calm and quiet. And then the students could just get up and walk around the room or into various rooms, depending on, on the location, and just hang out with the dog. 
for up to 30 minutes. So as many dogs as they wanted. Uh, it was very calm. There was no barking. The dogs were extremely well behaved, unlike my own. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting because something that I learned during this is, you know, the handler said to me, these dogs have been doing this for so long. So many of them have been doing this for years that they know they're at work. And you know they they might be crazy at home, but when they're in this environment, they know oh, that they're wow. working, and and it was just phenomenal. Oh, amazing! Yeah. And then you did the uh, uh, post samples. Yes. So, uh, like I said, they they came about an hour early, maybe forty five minutes, five minutes to do the pre test measurements, and I had research assistants, and everything went off very very organized and smooth. They had up to 30 minutes to interact with the dogs. I recommended to the students spend at least 20 minutes, uh, up to 30. They came back to that same room and did the exact same test again. And then they went, I actually, well, I fed them. It was breakfast for most of these students. So I, you know, after the study was over, they had some snacks and some breakfast, and then they went to take their test. Great. So... Any difficulty in convincing the sites to <laughs> the dogs on campus? Um, yeah, you know, I, I'm laughing because yes and, and no. And it, and, and it actually went very well. So two of the sites are already dog-friendly campuses, and they have some therapy dog programs on campus. You know, once a month, twice a month, they have groups that come in for anybody on campus. You know, for example, they'll have a therapy dog group um, or a session, I should say, in the library every other Monday. So that was not a problem. I had no problem getting a location. Uh, Campus security was great. Everything went well. At the third university, um, it was a little more challenging because that university is not necessarily dog friendly. It's not that they're not dog friendly, but they they don't bring therapy dogs on campus. So it took a little bit more. Each study, obviously, I had to have IRB approval. In addition, each school required me to also have approval through another committee called the Institutional Animal Care and Use Committee. Now, this committee is designed specifically to protect the animals. Okay, that makes sense. So even mice in biology in a research Mm -hmm. lab. Excuse me. So I just had to, you know, that was not hard because this was playtime, really. But I had to go through that whole protocol, meet with them and get approval. And then the third university that was a little bit more unsure, um, they were okay with all of that. And they also asked me to get approval with the Institutional Biosafety Committee because I was handling saliva. Oh, sure. Sure. You know, so so it was a little more work, but it but it worked out really well. Well, these, this is good to know for yeah. anybody who wants to replicate this or do this in their own schools. Absolutely. So that I, yeah, it's a it's a it's actually a lot, but I think because this was research, um, you know, I think it made it a little bit harder, you know, right. than just having a, a a general therapy dog program. Well, it leads into the next question very well yeah. about so what can schools of nursing, those who are interested in doing something like this on their campus, yeah. what are some of the steps? And you kind of described the steps already as far yeah. as how yeah. use in the therapy uh, dogs. But, you know, any anticipated complications, well, you, you know, worried about bites or scratches? Well, or you know, like and I, ha- I I had to speak to that in, in my proposals. Okay. However, um, that has never happened. You know, I talked to all of the handlers and handlers individually. That has never been a complication. So, um, 
Is that a possibility? I guess it is. And in that scenario, it it, it could be a potential risk. The handler is is assumes all responsibility okay. for the dog. Now I have to tell you, these these are certified dogs. So they have to, and, and I actually looked into this for one of my own dogs, and it is a grueling process to certify your dog as a therapist. I saw that, yeah. They have to have, you have to show documentation of health, vaccinations, obedience training, um, and the dog has to perform 50 visits. Wow. All documented, and then they can become certified. Um, so these are dogs that have done this a minimum of 50. Some organizations require 100 visits before they'll certify them. So that complication is pretty much off the table. Um, you just have to keep in mind, too, to tell students this is not aggressive play. This is just sit, calm, pet the dog. Right. And always ask the handler for instructions as to how you should approach the dog. Um, back to your question, though, it, to do this on another campus, the first thing is to learn about. I learned so much online just by going to therapy dog websites, and I read, and wow, did I learn. I then called them on the phone and asked some questions. They These, these organizations will then direct you as, as the organizer to local handlers and dogs in the area. And you just have to contact them by email or phone and invite them to campus. They are more than willing to come. They come fully prepared. Uh, they assume all responsibility. I think the next step, you know, beyond learning about this and what it entails is to work with the university to find the right space. You right. Need a big space, you might need multiple rooms. You need it to be accessible with an outside door. You need a place for the dog to go to the bathroom should they have to go, parking for the handler, things like that. So well, I suppose you wouldn't want the students having to walk across campus after they just did this to calm themselves. Right. And that that was a big thing for my study. The one location was a little bit further than I would have liked. Um, however, it did not seem to pose a problem. The other two were in the same building. Okay. So they just had to go upstairs or downstairs, you know, for their test. Um, you know, so it, it's a matter of, of learning about it, organizing a space and permission with the school, contacting the volunteer handlers. This is all volunteer, no pay. Um, you know, you can give them gifts, which I gave gifts to the dogs and sure. things like that, but that's yeah. about it. And then working with campus security to acquire parking um, and then basically putting it out there to the students. You know, I actually would love to do this again at my school, not from a research standpoint, but I would just like to do the intervention. In, right. Even, I was thinking of that myself. Yeah. Um, even if it's not for test anxiety, mm -hmm. just student anxiety in general. Uh, it's a it's a big trend. If you look at literature, there's not a lot of literature as mm -hmm. far as research goes, but there's a lot of anecdotal information about college campuses and the positive impact of therapy dogs. Right. mostly for anxiety and stress, you know? Well, briefly describe your results then. To, to, oh, to sure. Wrap it up as far uh, well, as yeah, so yeah. the results were fantastic. I was pleasantly surprised. All three measures significantly decreased from pre to post-test. Again, before the dog therapy, after the dog therapy, heart rate decreased, cortisol levels decreased, indicating decreased anxiety and stress. And then also the survey results showed the same thing. Now, my study did not look at impact on grade test grades or outcome of the that, test right. itself. It was just the emotional state before they walked in the door. Right. Um, so, right. yeah, it was, uh, you know, statistically significant uh, and pretty much related to other research that is out there. 
I would love to like replicate the study and also add the variables uh, at the end as far as test mm-hmm. scores, mm-hmm. correlate those with the three different measures that you had. Yes. Um, and also have a control group. Yes. Um, you know, that didn't have the dog, the intervention, but it's still taking well, the same exam and everything. Right. And and that's a really good point because I was asked that question a number of times. Why don't you have a control group? Yes, I could have done that. Um, and being honest, I looked at it this way. The students were about to go take a big test. Junior year, I teach juniors. In junior year, first semester, that med surge course is overwhelming. Yeah. And junior year tends to be a very high level stress year because of clinical and class. I it bothered me to have half of the students get to play with the dogs and the other half not. Yes. And I was worried that would impact them emotionally. Um and they would know that the other yeah. group played with the dogs. Yes. And they're like, yeah. well, so obviously, I, they're, this study is pretty, they're going to yes. know that's supposed to be helpful, and this isn't helpful. Yes. Right. Yeah. That's the difference between effectiveness research and efficacy research, right? Like the yes. real world and then trying to do a controlled environment where it may work really well in the controlled environment, yeah. but then when you get you know, in this real world, yeah. it wouldn't it wouldn't have been yeah. so, so successful. But I mean, you are right. Having a control group would have been that's the probably the next step, you know, just to increase yeah. the rigor of the study and to really um, analyze the results a little bit better. So yeah. that's I guess something I mean, on my list. Yeah, having a control group. This is just getting suggestions too to others yeah. that I don't want to, to follow up. Having a control group at another site yes. that really isn't even told about the dog intervention. It's just we're going to do, you know, your how you your anxiety levels before taking an exam. Mm-hmm. We're going to bring you in, do this this pre-measures, have you sit in the room for an hour with your peers and then do another right. one an hour, you know, and just kind of do it that way. Cause that's something I'm thinking too. That would be really interesting yeah. to, to look at that too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, absolutely. thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're week. welcome. I thought your study was just really unique and thank something you. different and really, I think would pique the interest of a lot of our readers and our listeners. Great. And it's something that, you know, there's some work to be done to have these dogs come to campus, but if you already have a dog friendly campus, it wouldn't be that difficult to do. Yeah. Yeah, um, I appreciate your time and expertise in sharing this work with us. Um, to our listeners, if you have not had an opportunity to read about this work, you'll find uh, Dr. Walker's manuscript in the current issue of Nursing Education Perspectives, which may be the past issue once the podcast comes out, <laughs> The yeah. Impact of Therapy Dogs on Pre-Licensure Baccalaureate Nursing Students and Test Anxiety, published in the March-April issue of Nursing Education Perspectives. And again, everybody out there listening, thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for coming to our session. And thank you so much to Dr. Walker. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having me.